them and show them my salvation. Our gospel lesson comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 8 through 10. Would you rise in body or spirit for the reading of the gospel? So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. For our children's message today, I was thinking about things that we've been nervous about, I'll use that word, particularly as children. If you've ever seen Charlie Brown, there's a character you'll know very quickly because he carries a blanket with him. Yeah, Linus, right? And you and I might call it a security blanket, right? If you watched enough Charlie Brown, you know there's plenty of things that Linus could have been nervous about. What were you nervous about as a child? Think of anything you were nervous about as a child? Sometimes I was nervous because it was dark. We say scared, right? I was fearful. I'll say nervous. Just give us a little cover here. <laughs> Makes it a little easier to talk about. Sometimes I was nervous because it was dark. I had, a, I had a nightlight. True story. I think Linus might have had a nightlight. He carried a, carried a security blanket. Anybody else willing to say anything? Snakes, oh my goodness gracious, right? Yeah, fair enough. There's always some snakes around. <laughs> they don't bother me, but I know they bother some folks, yeah. Anybody else? Thunder and lightning. Thunder and lightning, for sure, right? Absolutely. Okay. We've got snakes, we got some darkness, we got thunder and lightning. Anybody who doesn't like to go into high places? Yeah, I thought that might be right. You got the cellar. Oh my goodness, who knows what lives in the cellar? Yes, absolutely. Are you with her? Yeah. Anything underground, right? Could we make up some stories here for sure, right? Absolutely. No wonder Linus carried a security blanket. No wonder. You know which one? I'm a I love Charlie Brown. I love all of the Peanuts characters, but I like Linus the best for this reason. Well, there's a whole bunch of reasons, but I'll tell you this one. If you ever watch the Christmas one, 
there's something that the security blanket does during the Christmas one. You might remember that Linus is the one who tells the Christmas story. All of a sudden, Linus, who's been dragging that blanket around, tells the Christmas story. And the blanket that's been drugged through every bit of dirt Mom would have loved to have gotten it in the laundry machine, I'm sure. Goes on his head, and he becomes the shepherd. And he tells the Christmas story. All of the sudden, the blanket is the way in which he tells the Christmas story. The security blanket is redeemed. Isn't that something? Even the thing that is part of fear, we don't know what he's afraid of, y'all know that, becomes redeemed. I won't ask you what you're afraid of now, kids, adults, whoever. But when we're afraid, we know that Jesus walks with us. And sometimes our fears become redeemed, just like Linus. I'm not saying I'm asking you to tell the Christmas story in the midst of the pageant, like Linus. But don't be surprised what God might do. One of my favorite ways in which God uses comics, of all things. Let's pray together and ask Jesus to be with us. Would you pray with me? Let's echo. Dear God, we thank you. That you are always with us. Even when we're nervous. Help us. Help us. To offer our fears to you. Amen. Mary, Joanna, and Salome, there were other women too. They rushed to the tomb that Easter morning. And by the earliest accounts, there were four to six women. One in four of us has a fear of speaking in public. Maybe it's one of the women we never heard from. One in five of us has a fear of heights. Were they worried they'd have to climb up to move that stone? It's pretty big. One in six of us fears closed spaces. We're claustrophobic. I'm sure the tomb was not that large. I can't help but wonder if fear, those kinds, were in the minds of the disciples as Jesus met them on the journey. Greetings. Do not be afraid. If the words do not be afraid ring in your scriptural ears, Good news, you've been listening. For a moment, 
Remember with me a few times that we've heard these words before. They were at the wedding in Cana when Jesus said, do not be afraid when a wine shortage might have impacted a young couple's beginning their life together. When the disciples were on a boat and a storm arose, Jesus said, do not be afraid. When Lazarus lay in the tomb and Mary and Martha were bereft because their brother was dead, Jesus said, do not be afraid. And when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and the disciples awoke suddenly, you remember they fell asleep, filled with fear, Jesus said, do not be afraid. And God spoke these words plenty of times before Jesus walked the earth with skin on. However, fear not was often what the angel said. But I want to say this. It's not quite the same thing as buck up. Fear not is quite the, not quite the same thing as just kind of suck it up. We, we've often used the biblical phrase, fear not or do not be afraid, to undermine or discredit the reality of anxiety or panic, especially in those of us who've been using resources to support us along our journey. Instead, it's much closer to continue along your way. Good translation points us to stronger theology. The Greek word that's used here is Phobos, if it sounds familiar, it's closer to our English word, phobia. Yeah. Literally, what it means is we withdraw. That's what our phobias are. When I was learning to drive, I had a phobia of bridges. I really enjoyed what driving gave me. It was freedom. That's really important. You remember being 16? I would go out of my way to avoid driving on bridges. I got really good. And I could go just about anywhere without a bridge. You kind of remember these days before GPS and before MapQuest? This was a feat. And I was pretty good at it. And when all else failed, I would withdraw from the driver's seat and encourage someone else to drive when we got to a body of water. In January of 1996, there was a bridge collapse in Harrisburg that caught my eye when I was preparing to drive later that year. It was the Walnut Street Bridge. Do you remember this? There's no reason you would. It was a very small news item. No one was injured. The bridge collapsed from the pressure of an ice flow. It was the 1996 snowstorm. 
was a lot of snow that year. And I began to imagine my life in one location. You see, I had a great aunt who never traveled to see her family on the other side of the Chesapeake Bay because she just didn't do bridges. True story. Whether she was the driver or whether she was the passenger, it could have been my story, too. Living in a landlocked location, hoping others would bring their presence to me, withdrawing, because that's what phobias call us to do. My fear, thankfully, had not fully taken hold, but it did teach me something about moving forward and anticipating a day without a phobia. With the assistance of family, friends, and good support, I white-knuckled and prayed over water dams first, you know how they work, before I felt comfortable on an elevated highway, then suspension bridges, ugh, and then cantilever bridges were last to come. I could do it now very well. Jesus tells the women as he greets them, do not withdraw. Continue on your way. It would be understanding and tempting, but continue on to Galilee and let the others know I am alive. As you're going, you will know pain and you will know challenge. As you're walking, as you're running, even as you're crawling, as you're sometimes pausing for breath, whether you decide to smell the roses or listen to the birds, whatever you do, God will still guide your path. John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist movement. He was a preacher's kid who went into the family business and when he was young, he volunteered to spread the good news of Jesus to a faraway place across the Atlantic Ocean. It's the only time that John Wesley came to America. He was 32, and he had been ordained in the Church of England for 10 years when he came to Georgia. It was a colony then. He came with the Society for the Propagation of the Gospel in Foreign Parts. That's what we in America were at that point. He and his brother Charles, an ordained priest, came with a few members of the Oxford Holy Club. They'd been in seminary with some Moravian missionaries. And during the voyage at sea, remember the big Atlantic Ocean they were traveling on, the worst Fears of storms and perilous waves struck the passengers and the crew alike. In fact, so great were these fears that they brought an infant on board to John Wesley so that he might baptize the child, anticipating they might not make their intended destination in the colonies. As he prepared to perform the sacrament, they're all shaking, and he hears singing from down below in the deck. The Moravians were singing down below. 
He couldn't quite join the assurance. How could they sing? These waves are crashing against the boat. He later asked them, hadn't you been afraid? Looking around, he noticed there were men and women and children all together. John concluded, they must have known something he'd been preaching about for years, this blessed assurance. Their trust in God that allowed them to move forward without fear, even confidence that Jesus would meet them where they were, even on the raging seas. It would be three years before John Wesley had any sense of what he was preaching about in his own life in Aldersgate in the middle of a Bible study. He was 35. He'd been ordained for 13 years at this point. His only mission to America, the colonies, was a disaster. He was actually run out of Georgia by a magistrate because his failed chaste love with a woman 17 years his junior, I'll let you do the math, who he denied communion to because she didn't follow his religious instruction, had all blown up. Wesley's journals declare that the impact the Moravians had on him when they encountered literal storms was all he took away from his failed trip to the Americas. After Wesley escaped Savannah, running all the way to the ship and panting until he made it back to the United Kingdom, he weakly went in Bible study with these Moravians, searching for this heart knowledge they talked about. He continued leading his parish for three years until Jesus met him along the way. We move forward you and I. Not because there's no challenge, but because Jesus meets us as we go. This morning at the 11 o'clock service, we're going to be baptizing a little one, Grace Marie. Her parents chose a beautiful name for her. Grace, meaning God's goodness, and Marie, meaning Mary. How appropriate this morning, we'd hear the words that the angel spoke to Mary when she heard the news that her life would change forever. Greetings. Do not be afraid. This name for Grace Marie is an invitation and an encouragement just, not just for a little one, but for all of us. We, too, encounter times and moments that change our lives forever. And it is understandable that we would withdraw and throw our hands up and say, I'd really prefer not to do anything else. The words of Jesus speak to us today through the sacrament of baptism, just like they did on that Easter morning, the day of Annunciation, and many times since. Do not be afraid, but keep on the road. Jesus will meet you there. 
In baptism, we affirm that God incorporates us into the body of Christ. And it's a sign of God's coming kingdom that we are brought together across time and place in union with one another and believers everywhere. This morning, I'll ask Grace's parents to answer these questions on her behalf. She can't yet answer them in a way we understand. And one day we hope that she might answer them for herself. We remember that we, too, turn from sin and accept the freedom and power God gives us to resist evil, oppression, and injustice in whatever forms they present themselves and confess Jesus Christ. We make a promise to be body, a body of believers so that grace might come to know Jesus fully for herself. We move forward knowing that sometimes fear is nipping right at our heels and closer than we'd ever like it to be. But just like Jesus spoke to Mary, the risen Christ will meet us on that journey. As we find dread and guilt, pain and anxiety joining us and filling our ears with stories we don't want to hear, we don't need to hear their worn-out tales. The resurrected Jesus reminds us there's kingdom business to attend to. So may the God of resurrection, who meets us where we are, not leave us there, but fill us with new life and life everlasting. This, my friends, is the gospel, the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.